A description of Hegelianism follows, in an attempt to capture the philosophical truth and essence of Hegel's insights. That he was an idealist is notable, but does not detract from his realization of a natural dialectical reality and its application to societal questions. It is in this context that we must understand the rise of proletarian class struggle, which takes place roughly alongside the leaps forward in science and philosophy. Engels makes it a point to mention the rebellions of weavers in Lyons in the 1830s and the Chartist Rebellion too. Just as advances in social, political and economic thought and science made for the philosophical breakthroughs of the Enlightenment, so had the advent of capitalism made possible rebellions against the exploitation inherent within it. And yet, most Hegelians, as well as Utopians, had little to say about these developments. The idealism of utopian thought had little to do with the application of dialectics to the inner workings of the system of capitalism itself. It was historically blind to the social forces around it or what had given rise to them. Applying dialectical materialism, taking an honest look at those social forces, we see that all history of civilization is, as Marx and Engels both frequently pointed out, the history of class struggles arising from economic conditions. Summing up, while the utopians were able to see the injustice and vicissitudes of capitalism for what they were, they were not able to explain these injustices, let alone propose solutions other than pulling the blueprints of an ideal society out of their heads. They saw themselves as beyond historical forces, but that didn't make these historical forces any less real. Looking at the actual forces themselves, we see that the contradiction of capitalism lies in the extraction of surplus value from a proletariat. Therefore, the accomplishment of socialism falls historically to the proletariat. There are broader and more finely fleshed out arguments about why the working class elsewhere, but this quick explanation will have to suffice for our purposes here. Socialism must be a science. The next section is straightforward in its aim lay out the contradictions of capitalism and identify within them the key material points on which socialists should focus. He briefly lays out that the structure of a society is entirely dependent upon its productive forces, what is made, how it is made and how it is distributed. Ergo, the prime contradiction of capitalism is that between its productive forces and its mode of production, i.e., the fact that production is socialized and yet the products made go to benefit the owner of the productive forces. Under feudalism, production was more localized and individualized, with the small producer owning his or her tools and products for his own use or exchange. But in order for capitalism to take root, for products to be made at a greater scale and be exchanged in a wider realm, production had to take on a wider, collective character. And yet, the fruits of the labor go back not to those who produce, but those who own. The contradiction between socialized production and capitalist appropriation, says Engels, manifested itself as the antagonism between proletariat and bourgeoisie. Another contradiction arises through the fact that production is now taking place not for use but for exchange. The family produced most of what it needed for itself under feudalism, as well as that which was owed to the king or lord. Only if there was anything left over did it take the form of commodity, i.e. a product intended for exchange. Bringing this to a large scale, particularly if it is unplanned, which it normally is, induces anarchy. Commodity production, previously limited to the mere crevices of the global economy, became universalized. 
And with this the anarchy inherent in unplanned production spread too. So too did the contradiction between labor and capital, between the mode of production and the forces of production. Conflicts that had previously been limited in geographical scope took on a different shape and spread with greater ease. And as colonization spread, itself intertwined with commodity production after a certain point, so did these contradictions. Engels turns his attention then to the key moving part of revolution, the working class. There is a continuous subjugation of workers described in this section, brought about by the anarchy of production. Because nothing is planned and competition is never ending in a bottom line of sorts, the push is to constantly revolutionize the means of production. In the Communist Manifesto, Marx describes it in that way, but Engels here refers to it as, the perfecting of machinery. This process is designed to either simplify and denigrate a worker's task or eliminate the worker outright. There is a tendency overlooked here that Marx and Engels refer to in later works, namely the tendency for the rate of profit to decline because more machinery doesn't really save time or labor, but that is for another time. This process emirates workers. What's more, there is a restrictive tendency because only so much can be consumed and therefore bought. The crisis of overproduction, Another symptom of capitalist anarchy, factors in here. Commerce is at a standstill, describes Engels, the markets are glutted, products accumulate, as multitudinous as they are unsaleable, hard cash disappears, credit vanishes, factories are closed, the mass of workers are in want of the means of subsistence, bankruptcy follows bankruptcy, execution upon execution. 